Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Two weeks ago, we started talking about spiritual blindness, the cause and cure, and uh, self-righteousness really wrapped up in this. So we're going to conclude because we didn't get uh, through. And then next week, Lord willing, we're starting on the book of James, and um, it's going to be good. All right. Almost feel like praying again, but we're going to get into it. All right. Self-righteousness is a main cause or can be a main cause of spiritual blindness. It caused the Jews, and I'm not going to um, uh, go back and talk much about what we talked about two weeks ago. I'm just going to give you this verse and a couple of things, all right? Uh, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, it says, uh, here self-righteousness caused the Jewish people to miss their own Messiah, all right? It caused the Jewish people by and large, the nation did not accept or embrace Christ, um, and it caused them self-righteousness to miss their Messiah. Everything from the fact of where he was from, um, they, they scorned his life, his heritage. They could not believe. And so um, their vision or idea of who their Messiah would be and uh, how he would be and how he would triumph over the Romans was totally different than the approach that Jesus took, of course. Well, let's read the scripture. It says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Paul um, loved, the, he, was the, he was a Jew, he loved the Jewish people and his heart's desire for the Israel was that they may be saved. For they being ignorant, here it is, of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. The law of God uh, brought us to grace. Christ, the fulfillment of the law. Uh, the law was not done away, as it were, but it was fulfilled. It played its part to bring us to the law or the spirit of grace. And these people, the Jewish people, uh, missed the Messiah. They had talked about the Messiah. They had um, no doubt sung about the Messiah. They had danced, uh, dances, uh, a praise unto the Messiah. And then when he showed up, they missed him. Totally. Well, the truth of the matter is this. We can sit in church, we can sing, but, and we can talk about heaven, we can sing about heaven, but we can miss heaven if we do not uh, walk in the righteousness of Christ. Now, the interesting thing about the Jewish people was this, that many of them did come to Christ, but in coming to Christ, uh, then many of them fell away. 
and the first part of the Galatians, you can read there. And, and he says, I'm surprised. I, I, am, uh, I am just overwhelmed that many of you have turned away from grace and gone back to the traditions uh, of men, of your fathers. And so uh, we come to the place where they tried to then turn Christians uh, to the Jewish way of doing things. In other words, when Paul went on his missionary journeys, he would go into different places of, of the Greeks, the Macedonians, uh, all these other groups of people, and Jews would show up and try to tell the followers of Christ or, or those that had become believers, they would try to show up and tell them now they must practice certain things like circumcision. They must practice the Jewish festivals, and uh, they must worship or honor the Sabbath day. And so uh, this started spreading, and Paul was constantly coming against this teaching because he said, you are free of all of that. That was, uh, that was for a time and a season for the Jewish people, but it is not for the believers. We are free in Christ as far as following man-made rules and traditions, and even the Sabbath. Uh, there are still those, and uh, it hurt my heart, but many, many years ago, um, someone in our church uh, wrote me or came to me and said they were leaving the church because they had come to understand that the Saturday was the Sabbath, and uh, they were going to practice the Sabbath. And so from sundown the day before uh, to uh, um, the sundown of the Sabbath, they were not going to do anything. They were not going to allow their kids to do anything. They were going to observe the Sabbath. First of all, I thought, you're going to have problems with your kids. I can tell you that right now. Uh, trying to keep them down, doing nothing for uh, 24 hours. She had missed the mark about the Sabbath. Uh, the Christians began to worship on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, all right? And uh, the reason, of course, Christ resurrected on Sunday, the first day of the week. And uh, so it is not that we are to keep uh, the Sabbath in the sense that, that we got to keep these 24 hours. There are certain people that say, uh, you got to keep these, uh, the Sabbath, these 24 hours. That's impossible. Don't they understand that people on the other side of the world, it's a different day? It's not even the same 24 hours. So nobody, no one in all the, or all the people of the world cannot worship God on the Sabbath anyway because it's uh, divided by days from uh, one side of the world to the other. And uh, you say, Pastor, what does this have to do with me? Uh, just stay with us. Sorry. If nothing else, uh, I'm just giving you information, all right? So in other words, don't go off and start saying, I'm going to worship on Sabbath. You guys are wrong. Because there are people today that say, because we meet on Sunday, that we are in violation of God's Word. Well, I would say uh, we have Saturday service too, so we're covered. All right, so anyway. Um, but uh, no, no. 
The truth of the matter is, Paul said, every day is holy unto God. I mean, today is Wednesday. How many of you feel the presence of God? You, you got off work. You worked hard. You came here. You made the sacrifice. You showed up. You worshiped God. You feel better already than you did before you got here. And we didn't even charge you to get in. Amazing. All right, so self-righteousness produces or can produce spiritual blindness. All right, some Christians who go to church say baptizing the Holy Spirit can be spiritually blind or become spiritually blind. Um, today, we don't have Christians, by and large, observing the law. Even the Jewish people as a whole don't observe the law, the sacrifices anymore. But we have today people in the Christian realm that have their own set of rules. So we, talked, uh, we started talking about this last week. We're not going to dwell on it long, but um, we'll just touch on these. All right, so um, let's talk about the holiness background people, all right? Because whether you know it or not, that's what we are, all right? We claim to be holiness people. This is an assembly of God church, but... We, are, we believe in, in holiness, and uh, people would attribute us as being a part of the holiness movement. But thank God, things are changed than they were even when I was growing up, and many of you were growing up. How many of you grew up in a holiness Pentecostal church? All right, and many of you that uh, are Hispanic and you grew up in an Hispanic church, it was a holiness church. And uh, my church, your church, probably believed, or, or it really came across, that holiness started on the outside and worked its way in, all right? The way you could tell if somebody was holy is if they dress right, look right, and uh, then you could surmise that person is holy. Alice and I were on our honeymoon in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we were on that big... Uh, what, do you, what would you call it, a gondola, a big thing that goes up the side of the mountain? And we got up there, and we had a great time. We're getting ready to come down. We got on, and there was a bunch of people there, and I said, Alice, those are holiness people. And she said to me, how do you know that? She hadn't even been saved, uh, you know, more than a couple years or so. And so she's like, how do you know that? I said, trust me, I know holiness people when I see them. And so, I, when I got on there, immediately I noticed that all the ladies had a bun. And, uh, and they were dressed with long dresses on this mountainside. And uh, they, they, I mean, they looked nice, but I could just tell. And so, we did what any young couple on their honeymoon that's interested in the people next to you, we listened in. And so, pretty soon... We said, yep, absolutely, they're holiness. And so, well, I knew that already because I knew I could spot holiness people because I grew up around them. But holiness doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside, and it works its way outside, all right? So that's why you don't say things like uh, was said back home that where I grew up because a young man got born again. One night at El Bethel Assembly of God, uh, right outside, uh, uh, where was that? Right outside of Grand Ridge. And 
He got gloriously saved. A young teenage boy had long hair. And one of the old saints, bless her heart, came over, sat down next to him and said, well, I guess you'll be getting a haircut now. And uh, that is not what he needed to hear, all right? Uh, that, was, had, that had nothing to do with his growth in God. Uh, it had nothing to do with discipling this young man. Uh, it had everything to do with her believing that if you're really going to get saved, you're going to cut your hair, all right? So um, it was just the way it was. But I want to stop right now and say to all of you who were raised in a church like that, all right, I know that every once in a while you may have a tinge from the past, a little tinge that says, you look around, you're like, you know, I don't know sometimes about this church. And you feel a little bit about what you felt when you were growing up and the pastor or somebody good, good people said to you things that were not scriptural, all right, about outward dress and, and how the focus should be on the outward. They didn't really mean to say it that way, but they said it anyway, all right? They meant well, but they were wrong, all right? And so don't allow that to cause you. See, I mentioned drums last two weeks ago, and someone told me, they said, Pastor, uh, this person, I guess they were related to, they won't come back here because of the drums. My God and my Lord. They're going to be drums in heaven all over the place. I mean, they're going to be drums in heaven. This person's going to be miserable. All right, so I'm just kidding. Uh, growing up, holiness, and at least our holiness, did not believe in drinking coffee. Some of you will be like, heaven, coffee, he heaven, coffee. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's because you're addicted. <laughs> and so aren't you glad that your coffee doesn't de determine your righteousness and uh, that you can actually drink coffee and go to heaven? All right, so, uh, but um, my grandparents, they didn't drink coffee. They didn't drink tea. Uh, they were taught that, all right? And us sinners that lived down there, their grandkids, we drank tea, all right? So, and now I drink coffee at least a couple of cups a day, and that's all. Not like some of you who are seriously addicted, all right? So anyway, okay, I'm getting sidetracked here on the holiness people. All right, I got to get going. Number two, let's go to, well, do I want to go back? No, yes, I do. I want to go back, guys. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 says this. Just listen, all right? Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? He's, he's pushing back against these Christian Jews that are teaching other Christians that they need to get back into the regulations, all right? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance, look at it, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Okay, in other words, 
Coffee is not going to determine whether you sin or not, all right? It is not sin, so it's not going to keep you one way or the other. All right, these rules may not be wrong, but righteousness is not based on these rules. Aren't you glad, all right? Ch uh, culture, culture changes, but the Bible never changes. And so don't read more into it, even if the person who told you certain things uh, about how you are supposed to act act or be or dress, even if they were wonderful, incredible, you, you got to obey the word. You can't get caught up in that stuff. I'm not saying come to church, um, you know, I'm not saying come to church looking like you're, you're, you know, belong on Orange Avenue. I'm not saying that, all right? I am saying holiness starts on the inside and it works its way outside, all right? So you let the Holy Spirit work. And uh, you don't try to clean up people. You let the Holy Spirit work on them first, all right? And then if it comes to a place where they need your help, God will show you, all right? But before that, keep your nose out of it, all right? So rules become outdated, but the Bible doesn't, all right? Radio used to be considered worldly. Christian didn't go to the movie theaters, uh, um, you know? And so it was a different world. They meant well but they uh, were sincerely wrong, all right? Long-haired guys actually can't go to heaven, all right? Some denominations, all right? The main rule is to be active. If you're not active in church, you are guilty. And so their rules is, are that you need to be active in church. Now, we teach a lot about and speak a lot about serving. Serving, yes, absolutely, serve, but not to the detriment of your family, all right? Not to the detriment of, uh, of things that are important in your life. Yes, serve, and you can do it in balance, but the problem is some people get so caught up in serving, so caught up in working, that's where they find their almost satisfaction in who they are in Christ. And they start seeing themselves as worthy of God because of all they do. No, we, be, because of what he has done, we do, all right? But it is not going to get us to heaven, all that we do down here. It's good. It's necessary at many times. And we need you. Pastor um, Johnny's going to be speaking on serving to uh, uh, Sunday week. So, yes, we serve, but not to the point that we think. There's nothing wrong with serving, but when we start thinking it is going to get us brownie points with God, it's not so, all right? It's not going to get us brownie points with God. It does not affect our righteousness. All right, there's nothing we can do to earn righteousness. Cease working for righteousness, all right? Jesus in John 6, 29, he answered and said to them, this is the work. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. This is the work of God. And I know the ushering, the greeting, and all, all of that is, is wonderful, and you get joy out of it. But it is not working righteousness in our life. It is righteousness working itself out of our lives, all right? Number, number three, fundamentalists. Fundamentalists, they must be perfect in doctrine, all right? They usually say no to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all right? Uh, if you challenge their doctrine, 
They may get upset because their security is in their doctrine. Our security is not in our doctrine. Our security is in Christ and his word as it is given to us in the spirit of Christ. Now, all right, uh, number four, let me get going, all right? Spiritual people, okay? We're talking about self-righteousness, all right? We're talking about the Jews tried to push people back into regulations uh, and observing certain days and holidays and all of that. Now, the devil tries to get people to get into their doctrine so that they don't accept anybody else, so that they get on TV and they, they come against preachers, uh, say that Joel Osteen's going to, he's not right with God, shows a clip uh, cut out of something and makes him look bad, and those other preachers, they, they aren't right with God, and they are, this one's not right with God, and that one's not right with God. And they get so into, you know, their doctrine that they think anybody that doesn't agree with them is of the devil. There was a uh, pastor not far from here several years ago. I didn't know the guy. But uh, he knew of us at Faith Assembly. And he had a small church. Um, and I mean, he preached, I heard got word. He preached against this one. Nobody, everybody was going to hell but that little church, all right? So that's the way it was. And so uh, then he started preaching against us, me. I couldn't believe it. And so I called out there one day to his church, and I had read this little pamphlet on repentance. I actually thought it was good he didn't mention my name or any other preacher in there. And so it was good about actually repenting. And so I called out there and I thought, I'm going to speak to the pastor. And so the associate got on the line. He says, who is this? And I said, uh, this is uh, Carl Stevens uh, from Faith Assembly. Oh, uh, when you graciously confront people that don't like you or think they don't like you, it's an amazing reaction. Uh, and so he didn't know what to do with me. And I said, I'm, I was just calling. I'd read this pamphlet of, of the pastor and thought it was really good. Is, is it possible to talk to him? Okay. Uh, hold on a minute. And um, so he gets back on the phone. Uh, he's not available. Uh, <laughs> bless his heart. Um, he fell. He, went to, he ended up going to jail. Not because he said the bad things about me. <laughs> that, won't get, that won't get you to go to jail, all right? But, um, but the poor guy did some things. He ended up in jail. And I remember hearing it, and it hurt my heart. Because I just thought, here's a man that I don't know what's going on inside of him. I don't know why he acts like he hates everybody else. And, you know, claims to be a, a preacher of the gospel. I didn't know but it still hurt me. And that's the way, because that was the Spirit of God. I was sitting up the parking lot, I guess it was, at, at Waterford. That's the way we should react when our enemies or those that think they're our enemies fall, is we shouldn't relish that moment. We should pray for them. We should be broken for them. Um, so uh, how, how sad it was, how very, very sad it was. I had two of his people. They, they used to go all over neighborhoods over East Orlando. I had two of knock, young people knock on my door one day, and I greeted them. I didn't know who they were, and, and 
I told them my name. I said, I'm a pastor. And they said, oh, where? I said, Faith Assembly. And they were like, <laughs> like, my God, we've met the devil himself. All right, so anyway. Uh, okay, where am I at? All right, spiritual people, spiritual people. We're talking about trying to get to heaven on our effort instead of allowing the righteousness of God to work in and through us. Um, there are those that may get up at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, they quote scripture. They get revelations. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all fine and good. If you tell me you get up at 5.30 in the morning and pray, I'm going to be impressed, all right? So, but that's not going to get you to heaven any faster than me, all right? So they may be, these things, things may be great, but they will not make us righteous. And some look at those kind of things and feel righteous. No, we only feel righteous in Christ. Uh, we feel righteous because of Christ. We feel righteous because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All right, um, all kinds of things that we can do, people can do. Um, this is kind of weird. Anyway, the tidy people, all right, the clean freaks. All right, God bless you all. But that won't get you to heaven any faster than the rest of us, all right? Be careful that you don't despise those who are not uh, inclined to be tidy. How many of you have ever heard cleanliness is next to godliness? How many of you ever heard that? How many of you know that's in the Bible? Uh, apparently, you know it's not in the Bible, all right? So anyway, no, it's not in the Bible, all right? It's not in there. I know the Bible talks about clean hands, pure heart, and all of that, uh, but that is not in the Bible. When it was first used, the term uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. It was talked about moral hygiene and, yes, personal hygiene. Uh, I think it's a good thing for uh, people to take baths and showers and all that kind of thing, all right? So that's all good. In James chapter four, verse eight, talks about clean hands. Uh, Martin Wesley um, uh, used this in a sermon in the 1700s. Um, you ladies that are here, single ladies, uh, let, me, let me, I found this in relationship to this cleanliness is next to godliness, all right? And, and this is extra, it won't cost you anything. But um, if you're a single lady or you know someone who is, maybe take this to them, it might help them. In Ruth chapter three, verse three, Naomi is, uh, is was it Naomi or is Ruth the one that, yes, all right. And she said to this uh, wonderful young lady that had come with her, her daughter-in-law, um, and her husband had died, and she was talking about going out and meeting Boaz, who was a rich dude, but he was a little older, but he was rich, and uh, he was a good catch. So uh, in Ruth chapter 3, verse 3, she says this in regard to cleanliness is, is next to godliness. She said, wash yourself. That's a good thing. Keep yourself clean. Anoint yourself. A little perfume. Uh, put on your best clothes. And then um, no, don't make yourself known to him until he's eaten and drank all he can eat and drink. In other words, ladies, don't get in the way of a man's food. All right, so I'm just, uh, that's what's her advice. Clean up, dress up, smell good, wear nice clothes, and don't get in the way of his food. All right, so that's good single advice there, right there. All right, um, 
Okay, and out of that, I don't even know how to recover from that. All right, so anyway, <laughs> self-righteousness will not get us to heaven. No matter what fashion or form it takes, God's righteousness is, number one, Christ-centered, not self-centered. Number two, we accept others, even if they don't keep our rules. We love people, period. We love everybody, period. Even those that may come to our house and argue with us if, if you know, if they're a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon or whatever else. Uh, no, we just say, we look at them, we smile, and we say, listen, um, I, I love Jesus. I'm going to heaven. I hope you are too. And if you are, we'll see each other there. But uh, we don't argue. We don't fight. I used to. Years and years ago, I'd get in there with them and, um, and duke it out. But I discovered that uh, neither one of us were going to give an inch. No, you just love on people, regardless of, of how they act or who they are. Romans chapter 15, 17, Therefore I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus and the things which pertain to God. Number three, God has only one goal and standard for righteousness, and that's Jesus Christ. Only one goal and standard for righteousness. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.